Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin mass parishes and other Catholic parishes around the country? The FBI embarrassed again as Latin mass Catholics are defended by the Senate Judiciary Committee. Why are the most powerful forces in hell and on earth freaking out over the Latin mass? Tonight, the evil that lies beneath Traditionis Custodis. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Michael Matt. This is The Remnant Underground. Just having a little discussion here at The Remnant TV studio about what's what, what to anticipate. There's a lot of things in the news about Francis cracking down on the Latin mass and people are getting discouraged and thinking maybe it's the apocalypse. And I keep reminding people that for those of us who have been in this for an awful long time, we are still a lot better off than we ever were in the past. In, in fact, we're gaining momentum and encouragement and clarity as we go into a very dark period in, in the history of the church. So let me give you a, an example. I think if you're part of this thing called the remnant, you're not anticipating that you're going to emerge all victorious and you're going to have these glorious triumphs and that the only way you can proceed is if you have a series of triumphs that fuel your engines to continue to fight. You have to be ready and willing to face the fact that the idea is to simply hang on. Hang on, no matter what happens. That's the whole idea of the biblical remnant, to hang on when everyone else seems to be dropping off and to thank God for the grace to convince you or to inspire you to continue to want to hang on. So even, even in the, as this time gets dark, is it the apocalypse? I don't know. But I do know this, it's quite possible. Again, looking at the, the idea of the biblical remnant, it's quite possible we're not going to see this grand manifestation of the divine chastisement in our lifetimes. Because what would happen if that happened? What if all of a sudden the heavens open up in the middle of all this, something comes down and grabs Francis and plucks him out, and there's this great, beautiful singing and light and earthquakes, and everybody knows God exists. There he is. He's come back in glory. That will happen in the end, but we don't count on that happening in our lifetimes. We don't need that in order to proceed. It's entirely possible that the chastisement is for everything to just continue to get darker and darker and darker in a sense. For everything to for all of us to continue to say, where's God? Which is this is the this is the the, the, the disciples on the Sea of Galilee in the boat, Jesus is asleep. Where is he? Right? And I think we have to anticipate that sort of thing. On the one hand, we're going to keep the faith no matter what. We're not going to be scandalized or shocked by anything. We're just going to hang on there and be, maybe eventually we'll be in those little cottages that Anne Catherine Emmerich talks about, wherein the faith will survive. We don't know. But then in the meantime, we take tremendous consolation from these indicators, these signs that God is still with us, that our Lord is still in the boat. That he's going to, at some point, he's going to calm the seas, right? And so there's a supernatural element to this, a supernatural belief. We are going to survive. We are going to hang on. The more they hate us, the more they persecute us, the more we're convinced about what we believe. But there's also a human element. And the human element is you and me, all of us, the clans all around the world. And these constant little reminders, don't give up. Don't leave the church. 
So we have another one this week. We were just sitting here talking about the number of bishops. I mean, friends, you gotta remember, I remembered what it was like to be a traditional Catholic in 1975. It was lonely. One bishop, and then his friend, Castro Mayer, kind of two bishops, that was it. We got more bishops popping up all the time right now, like little messengers from the apostles saying, here I am, no, 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 we're still working on this. We've been, we've been diabolically disoriented, but we're figuring it out. So this week is Bishop Thomas Paprocki of Springfield, Illinois, suddenly emerging as another one of those signs from God, gifts, a grace. He comes out, he goes into the catholicthing.org out of nowhere and he blasts recent statements from several members of the College of Cardinals as being contrary to Catholic teaching. This is extremely important. How many times have we said it? How many times have we said it? Your excellencies, we're with you. We will be the best defenders you have. Stand up and lead us, right? A number of them are standing up right now, friends. They're leading us. It doesn't matter that they're not perfect. They're not all the way there yet. There has been 50 years of diabolical disorientation. It's going to take a while. But thank God for the ones who are wide awake, right? The Viganos, the Schneiders, all these bishops, cardinals even. Sarah, Burke, they're all over the place, popping up, saying, okay, we got a problem. And in this case, what we're talking about is not some retired bishop in, in Paprocki. We're talking about the chairman of the U.S. Bishops Conference's Committee on Canonical Affairs and Church Governance. Kind of a big deal. He's a lawyer. In fact, he's a canon lawyer. He knows what he's talking about. And guess what? He names names, friends. We got to pray for him, right? We got to encourage him. We got to jump on the bandwagon with Paprocki and say, thank God, your excellency. He goes into the Pillar magazine and he confirms that one of the cardinals he's talking about <laughs> is a favorite of Pope Francis. We're talking about Cardinal Robert McElroy. We've talked about him down here before. This character says that the church... <laughs> The church should not bar people from receiving the Eucharist just because they're in unrepentance, mortal sin. That's what this heretic says. So his brother bishop then, Bishop Paprocki, citing canon 1364. Again, he's a canon lawyer. He says, hang on a second. Hang on a second. A cardinal who says that embraces heresy and is subject to automatic excommunication. God bless Bishop Paprocki. And he's not talking about some low-level guy that no one's ever heard. McElroy is a favorite of Pope Francis. He's, in fact, he's, he's, he's parroting Amoris Laetitiae by saying, oh, they should all be allowed to go to communion even if they're unrepentant adulterers, right? He's simply parroting Francis. He's made a cardinal, as you'll see on the screen now, right now, made a cardinal by Francis just a few months ago in August of 2022. So, friends, yeah, it's dark. Things are going really weird. Things are bad. As the church falls apart, the world falls into chaos, right? But this has all been predicted. And if it's been predicted, it means that somebody predicted. And who predicted? Our Lady, the Mother of God, predicted. We knew this was coming. None of it's a surprise. Cardinal against cardinal, bishop against bishop, she said it at La Salette. She said it at Akida. You'll remember. I mean, you, know, you know the story, I'm sure, about the, the apparition or the message of Our Lady of Akita or Akita. It's an incredibly controversial uh, apparition. <laughs> 
カルジナルはカル,カルジナルに司教は司教に対立するでしょう私を敬う司祭は同僚から軽蔑され攻撃されるでしょう Now What's really interesting, and again, I, I just find it so comforting having grown up traditional Catholic back in the 70s, the darkest period. Mass was gone. Traditional Latin Mass was illegal. It was abrogated, nowhere to be found, right? Now it's everywhere. It's the, top of, it's the talk of the world, talk of the church. Everybody's talking about it, right? Bishop Paprocki, again. Huge supporter of Latin Mass Catholics in his diocese. He told CNA recently that traditional Catholics are faithful Catholics and that the bishops should be given the authority to allow Latin Masses to continue. That's what he said. Guess whose side he's on on this? As I said, pray for him because this takes guts. But my point is, all of a sudden, it's all about the Latin Mass, isn't it? It's all about the Latin Mass. <laughs> I never would have, humanly speaking, anticipated that we would be still talking in 2023, the traditional Latin Mass, which was abrogated in 1969, that it would still be. The talk of everyone is still talking about it, not only in, the, in, the, in Rome now, we're going to show you in a moment, but in the houses of Congress, at the FBI, right? This is a sign from God, friends. And at the end of the show, I want to talk about. Why this is happening? Why Francis? Why the Vatican is trying to crush this mass? There's an obvious demonic element to this, overtly demonic element, that I want to close tonight's show with. But before we get there, let's just, and probably most of you have seen this, I saw this yesterday, and one of the funnest things I've seen in a long time, friends, in a long time, a moment of true, sheer, awesome bliss for traditional Catholics. Yesterday, on the floor of the House Judiciary Committee in the swamp, a senator dresses down Joe Biden's AG over the issue of the traditional Latin Mass and traditional Latin Mass, mass Catholics. I notice a pattern, though. The FBI field office in Richmond. On the 23rd of January of this year, issued a memorandum in which they advocated for, and I quote, the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development against traditionalist Catholics, it's their, their language, including those who favor the Latin Mass. Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin Mass parishes and other Catholic parishes around the country?、Uh, the Justice Department does not do that. It does not um, um, do investigations based on religion. I saw the document you have. What did you do about it? It's appalling. It's appalling. I'm in complete agreement with you. I understand that the FBI has withdrawn it and is now looking into how this could ever have happened. How did it happen? That's what they're looking into. But I'm totally in agreement with you. That document is appalling. I'll tell you how it happened. The This memorandum, which is supposed to be intelligent, cites extensively the Southern Poverty Law Center, which goes on to identify all of these different Catholics as being part of hate groups. Is, is this how the FBI, under your direction and leadership, is, is this how they do their intelligence work? They look, they look at left wing advocacy groups to target Catholics? Is this what's going on? I mean, clearly it is. How is this happening? Yes, it's appalling. And this guy admits, I told you last couple shows ago when this whole FBI thing broke. The Southern Poverty Law Center has been after this show, after this newspaper, since 2007. Okay? You go to Wikipedia, look it up. There's a Southern Poverty Law Center. Michael Matt's the leader of a hate group. <laughs> They just make it up. They just pull it out of the, 
out of the ground. Doesn't matter, it goes to Wikipedia. They're the guys that are monitoring YouTube videos to see what's, what's passing community, what's offensive to community standards. They've been connected with the US Army. They've been connected now with the FBI. And there's the Attorney, Attorney General of the United States under Joe Biden saying, it's appalling that the FBI would ever take the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center, seriously. It's appalling. <laughs> don't, don't, don't you tell me to give up and that it's the apocalypse and we need to get under our beds, put on our tin hats, say our prayers and say there's nothing we can do. There's a lot going on right now, friends. A lot of decent people are sensing in powerful positions. They're sensing, they're sensing uh, on some level a manifestation of the demonic in all of this. And they're afraid too. Senator Josh Hawley is afraid. He's furious because something very evil and inexplicable, humanly speaking, is going on with the FBI attacking the Latin mass. And he knows it. So Merrick Garland calls it appalling what the FBI is doing, right? Who believes him? Not me. But he still has to cover his, he still has to say it's appalling, doesn't he? You know what else is appalling, friends? We can glean, we can take this even a little further. Those of you who are still defending Big Brother Francis, because Big Brother Francis teaming up with Big Brother Joe Biden's FBI to take down the Latin mass, that's the most appalling thing of all. And we need to get to the bottom of this, and we intend to do our best to try to get to the bottom. What is the connection here between the Vatican and the FBI witch hunt of Latin masses? So our lawyers here at The Remnant have filed a FOIA request with the Federal Bureau of Investigation because we want to find out what's really going on here. So stay tuned. But the point is, friends, and that's what, that's what we can, the, the takeaway from this whole incident what we see now again and again and again is that Team Francis is in bed with Team Biden, Team Davos, Team UN on just about everything now. Open borders, globalism, soft or promoting abortion, gay marriage, gay unions, and of course, Zelensky and the Ukraine debacle, which is morphing into what could easily spill into another world war, if not a nuclear war. People say, well, we shouldn't talk about that at the remnant because that's political. No, 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 no. We are soldiers of Jesus Christ. Our message, our message, traditional Catholic message is all about resisting the Antichrist in politics, right? It's promoting and supporting the social kingship of Jesus Christ. This war in Ukraine, what's going on with NATO, U.S., Zelensky, this is a war against Christian Europe. They're tearing it apart again. Just like they did in World War I, just like they did in World War II, now they're doing it again. <laughs> and we've been speaking out against this debacle from the beginning, and we're gonna continue to. But see, I'm just throwing it out here. I'm not an apologist for Putin. I'm just doing what nobody else seems to wanna do. I just wanna look at both sides here before I go blow my country up. Can I do that? Is that okay? I'm just throwing it out there that maybe we're being lied to. You know, being lied to by the follow the science crowd. And it's not like everybody didn't already know that Zelensky was a little tool, a little comedian, a little actor who was being set up by the New World Order folks as a puppet. Even BBC knew that before everybody started wearing the lapel pins. 
Це не фейк, і я дуже серйозно відношусь до нашої країни, до життя кожної людини. От з'їсть, розумієш? Тепер, вони заставляють дітей будки ваші будувати. Знаєш, чому в нас життя собачка? Тому що ми свій вибір з тобою починаємо в будках. Понятно? А вибирати-то нейсько. Як замістити фізкультуру, спорт, якщо хочете вивчення української мови? Are you actually going to sacrifice your sons for the comedian's war to save democracy? You, you, you buying any of this? Of course not. This is stupid on steroids, right? But the problem was stupid at this level. When you have all the might and all the firepower and all the money of the world's only super remaining superpower is that stupid in this case is really dangerous. And stupid in this case can also lead to very evil things happening in the world. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once pointed that out. How perfectly intelligent people can become straight up evil after they first become totally stupid. You know, dumbed down, made stubborn, made incapable of independent thought, right? We're seeing all of that manipulated by media, catchphrases, sloganism. Oh my gosh, the sloganeering that's going on right now. <laughs> Glory to Ukraine! Glory to Ukraine! Meaningless sloganeering once again, right? It's stupid and it's dangerous. And what's scary is that so many people struggle to open their eyes and see what's actually going on here. And we see this all over the place. We see it in the church, obviously. We see, I, I, <laughs> I live in a blue state <laughs> where the stupid now is literally killing children in schools. The case in point, I get these, I get these uh, headlines from the New York, from the, the Minneapolis Star Tribune every day and I look at them and it's like, these people are schizophrenic. Because on the front page of every newspaper they got all these things, all these stories about how woke they are and abortion's awesome and look at this, oh it's so leftist, woke, crazy. And then the rest of the newspaper is story after story and page after page of rape, murder, Pillage! Businesses leaving for good. What, Starbucks? No, no, it was, it was a, a Caribou Coffee just announced. I think they're, they're taking out 10 of their 13 stores out of Minneapolis because of lack of customer interest. Well, the reason there's lack of customer interest in Minneapolis is because it's a war zone over there. Because of the policy of stupid leftist liberals who are dangerous and evil. <laughs> so yesterday's headline in the Minnesota Star Tribune, St. Paul parents, teachers, share alarm over rising violence in schools. <laughs> now, any reasonable person would look at that and go, huh, I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that the radicals who run that city also ran the cops out of the schools, right? <laughs> Here's what a junior high police-free enlightened zone looks like in a Minnesota public school. And that incident comes on the heels of another disturbing report of an armed altercation in a Harding High bathroom. A witness capturing the encounter on their cell phone and sharing the video on social media that quickly spread across the Harding community. <laughs> it's pretty fun, huh? Can you imagine your mother, your grandmother, growing up in St. Paul, you know, maybe down there on University Avenue 40, 50, 60 years ago, 
Can you imagine if you told her this is what the future would hold? Once they got rid of the Catholic Church, for the most part, the influence of the Catholic Church, that's what will be going on in schools. Showed you last week, they're killing, little kids are killing each other in buses. But the kid in this, in this clip right here, at least that one survived. This one didn't. North High School quarterback Deshaun Hill was the next big thing for the Polars. The sophomore wore number nine on the football field, always competing with what his family called an infectious smile and humble personality. On Wednesday, just blocks from his football field, Minneapolis police say someone shot him at the corner of Penn Avenue North and Golden Valley Road. Now the school confirms Hill has died. Okay, so this is what I mean. So I'm bringing this up. The stupid is killing people. And where's the Catholic Church? I have no idea. I have no idea where the Catholic, where, where, where is the, where's the moral influence of the Catholic Church in any of this? The most you get out of these bishops now is it's the guns. Ban the guns. Well, that's very good. You're parroting Biden talking points. You think that's really it? No, because the kids are sick in the head. Everybody knows that now. It's not their fault. They're being made sick in these public schools and in the broken families and in the Christless world in which they live. So now they're killing each other with knives, too. Well, here at home, dozens of people gathered outside Harding High School tonight to remember 15-year-old Devin Scott, who was stabbed to death inside the school last week. Now, just think about this for a moment, friends. Imagine living in Minneapolis. <laughs> I mean, first they got rid of the cops. They were so proud of themselves. Golf clap, defund the police. That was gonna fix something. It fixed nothing. And then they finally come right out and they say, okay, we defund the police. Now everything's blowing up. Kids are dying all over the place. Parents are screaming for answers. And these folks don't know who to blame anymore. I know that there's been a long-standing decision since um, the uh, death of George Floyd that we would remove armed personnel from our buildings. And so I think that's going to have to continue to be discussed. Well, I hope you figure it out, sweetheart, because Minneapolis is a war zone, especially the school zones. They're war zones like this. Well, parents, students, and teachers at North Community High School are concerned about getting their kids home safe. And recent data shows they have good reason. This map shows nearby incidents in the last two weeks. The red triangle is North High School, and lined in the neighborhoods of North High students are shots fired and shootings. The circles are shots fired. The stars are shootings. Guess what? The state of Minnesota right now is seriously contemplating a law that would require homeschool parents to bring their kids and, and have them tested uh, by these public school geniuses. I, I don't know if we'd have to go in person or if they'd provide bulletproof vests for the outing. I, I don't know. But they're actually thinking about that. And of course, any sane person goes, well, wait a minute, guys, you, you can't even keep your students alive. And, and you're worried about mine? Not your students are some of the dumbest in the country. American students are falling so far behind. You know why? Because there's no time to learn about reading, writing, and arithmetic when you're dodging bullets in math class, right? That's mostly what's going on over there. Either they're dodging bullets, they're getting beat up, or they're learning about pronouns all day long. But they want us to comply with their stupid. And of course, this reminds me of Pope Francis shutting down vibrant, thriving, traditional Latin mass communities so that we can all unite with this. Good morning, St. Joan of Arc. My name is J.P. Fitzgibbons, and I'm on staff here at St. Joan's, and I welcome you to our celebration of the baptism of the Lord. 
And today, our pre-mass presentation will feature our parishioners, Alan, Blake, and Cohen. And we were so excited and humbled when JP asked if we would come and talk a little bit about how we decided to, to baptize Cohen in the Catholic faith. And we thought, well, it kind of makes sense because just like Jesus, Cohen also has two dads. And he turned out pretty great. Obviously, that parish, that's a pro-Vatican II parish. <laughs> Actually, it's Clown World, just like it's Clown World down in Chicago. As of last Tuesday, you are a racist if you didn't vote for Mayor Beetlejuice over here. She says she lost her re-election re bid because she's black. It has nothing to do with the fact that Chicago got looted and firebombed because radicals like Lori Lightfoot used the George Floyd incident to stir up a race war. Lightfoot was the worst thing that ever happened in Chicago. We are free now of Lightfoot, but it's not over yet. Mm. Uh, as you mentioned, Lightfoot trampled the rights of schools, churches, businesses as a lifelong Chicago, and it broke my heart to see her turn a blind eye to looting and lockdowns or lootings, looters and carjackers. And back to the appalling, the appalling thing about this and Lori Lightfoot is that Pope Francis was right there with her the whole time over those riots that tore apart American cities. He called the peaceful protesters in Minneapolis, he called them social poets. Las protestas por la muerte de George Floyd. Está claro que este tipo de reacciones contra la injusticia social, racial o machista pueden ser manipuladas o instrumentadas para maquinaciones políticas y cosas por el estilo. Pero lo esencial es que ahí, en esa manifestación contra esa muerte, estaba el samaritano colectivo, que no era ningún bobeta. Ese movimiento no pasó de largo cuando veo la herida de la dignidad humana golpeada por semejante abuso de poder. Los movimientos populares son, además de poetas sociales, samaritanos colectivos. Oh, I'm sorry, Your Holiness, but those social poets of yours, they nearly burned my city to the ground. They caused $400 million worth of damage to my town. People died in those in what later became designated as the second most destructive period of unrest in U.S. history. Francis, what do you call them? Good Samaritans for? Again, guy? Maybe you should stay in your lane, pal, if you don't realize what's happening in the real world. And, and by the way, aren't you the, the vicar of Christ? I know you kind of dropped that title, but what, what, what part does burning a city down have to do with the Christian, with the revolution of turn the other cheek of Jesus Christ. Remember, love thy neighbor, forgive those who trespass against you. In the name of equity and inclusion now, the Holy Father of Rome is basically taking up an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth strategy. That's what it is now. Don't forget the war. Don't forget racism. Don't forget what the white man did to you. Basically, it's what he's saying. All these guys are. Go out in the streets and do whatever you got to do because you were a victim. <laughs> I suppose that's my white privilege talking now, right? White privilege. That's interesting right now. I'm a white, pro-life, homeschooling, traditional Catholic man. A dad. <laughs> Where's the white privilege in that again? Because it feels 
pretty tough out there for guys like us. They forced us out of our public schools years ago, you know? And right now, they're actually throwing us out of our churches, too. They're terrorizing us and our wives and our little kids. The FBI is after us. They're infiltrating your churches. It's open season on us, right? Terrorizing us with the full power of the federal government. Let's take a look at the hardened criminals that your Justice Department sent these armed agents to go terrorize on that morning. Here they are. Here they are at mass. Here's the seven children with Mr. Houck and his wife. In this early morning, they were all at home. Mrs. Houck has said repeatedly, the children were screaming. They feared for their lives. You've got these agents demanding that he come out. They've got the gun, she said, pointing at the house and at them. He has offered to turn himself in. And this is who you go to terrorize. They're trying to intimidate us because of what we believe. And now, well, let's say the quiet part out loud because our skin color isn't quite the right color anymore. <clears throat> and I tell us your skin's wrong, everything about you is wrong, the Bible, your Bible, well, that's hate speech. So it's natural now that we have to watch our backs. It is open season on people like us. It's open season even on primetime TV against everything we hold sacred. Because I love Jesus. I love any man who can get nailed for three days straight and come back for more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to even have played that clip, but that's kind of where we are in the world. That's fine. And if we object, we're haters and homophobes. Black is white, white is black, right? Good is evil, evil is good. It's not a conspiracy theory anymore, that's the reality. And so that's why the war now is blowing up, because those people are in charge. Those people are empowered. Demons have taken over, that's why. Demons have taken over, including in the human element of the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church in her human element has surrendered to the forces of darkness. I know we're not supposed to say that out loud, but that's what's going on right now. So can we just talk about what's, what we're really not supposed to talk about, right? What's happened to the, the Catholic Church, the spirit of the evil spirit of Vatican II, a war on the church, a war on tradition, a war on the Latin mass that obviously affects everyone, Catholic or not. Again, even the FBI is infiltrating our churches to try to shut us down. Once we're gone, they'll move on to the next group that believes in Christ. The FBI field office in Richmond on the 23rd of January of this year issued a memorandum in which they advocated for, and I quote, the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development against traditionalist Catholics, it's their, their language, including those who favor the Latin mass. Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin mass parishes? And back to where we started, why are all the bad guys so preoccupied with the Latin Mass? And this, again, as I said at the top of the show, this is discouraging and encouraging at the same time. Because in their furor against it, the degree to which they hate the Latin Mass, the Latin Mass emerges as the solution, as the answer, as the hope of the whole world. That's why it's still here, that's why it's still being discussed, and that's why they're still trying to destroy it. But why is this? 
How about this for a theory? And then I'll close and let you go. Maybe this is why they hate the Latin Mass so much. Back in 2016, just before the world blew up, <laughs> Team Francis made a big change over in the Vatican. They quietly introduced for the first time ever English into the rite of exorcism. Before that, it had always been Latin. For a thousand years, exorcists drove demons out with prayers and commands said only in Latin. So it seems like Latin is part of the problem here. You see that even in the movies, the exorcists, no matter what, they're always consulting the Catholic, they're, they're always speaking in Latin. Bad guys or you know, devils enter the little girl, the little boy, and everybody, Catholic or not, go get a Catholic priest because they're the ones that have the power and they come in and they speak Latin, right? To drive the demon, even in the movies. Why? Well, it's because according to every exorcist I've ever read, the devils actually hate Latin. And do you know why they hate Latin? And here's where you're probably going to have to brace yourselves. According to exorcists, the reason devils hate Latin is because Latin promotes unity. Yeah, you heard that right. And that's a little shocking, isn't it? Because for the past year or so, what have we heard? We've heard the exact opposite from Pope Francis who says the Latin Mass is divisive. He's got it almost demonically inverted. You see, because the reality is Latin promotes unity among the members of Christ's mystical body throughout the world, in the past, in the present, and in the future. The reality is Latin promotes unity among the whole of the communion of saints who stand united together against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And guess what? Disunity is what the devil is all about. Disunity. He divides, he scatters, he confuses. No, I'm not talking about the Pope here. I'm talking about the devil. Confuses, divides. Do you know his name? Devil is from the Greek, diabelin, to throw apart. And he, he hates the fact that Latin, friends, isn't this something? The devil hates the fact that Latin unifies the one holy Catholic and apostolic church of Jesus Christ, unifies them, us all against him. <laughs> now do you begin to understand what's really going on here? We must resist Francis to his face because Francis also hates Latin and I fear it's for the same reason. Friends, this is it. Do not comply. Do not let them take the traditional Latin Mass out of your life, out of this world, ever again. Our souls depend on it. The souls of your children depend on it. The future of the whole world depends on the preservation of the traditional Latin Mass. Ado Ramuste Christe et Benedicimus TV, quia per sanctum crucem tuum redemisti mundum.